Come on, Forge, how we doing? Come on. Come on, come on. Tonight, yes, tonight we are talking. I'm talking to the men. Okay, ladies, you can leave. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, are there any dudes here anyways? Do guys show up? I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to say hi to our campuses, El Paso and Fort Worth and Houston and uh, Tulsa and wherever you're at around the world, if you're listening, welcome to the porch. We're glad you're here. We're talking to the men, what to look for in a woman. And so to find out what you guys are thinking, we went to the State Fair of Texas here in Dallas and we were asking some guys. And so we caught some video. Why don't we start just by watching this? Hey guys, Josh and Elaine out here at the State Fair, and we're here trying to figure out how people navigate life, love, relationships. Dating, their dream guy, their dream girl, do you believe in the one, soulmate, all that stuff. Yeah, come along with the ride, let's figure it out. Describe to me your your dream girl. You know, she gotta like be into the same stuff I can be into, because like if we ain't into the same stuff, we're not gonna click. Probably have to be like a Mexican, nice body, tan. Yeah, she got a nice smile, some cute eyes. You know, you know, the body doesn't have to be perfect, but you know, a little, mm, a little curviness. Funny, I guess. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, someone who's quirky like me. I don't know. Uh, just instant connection, I guess. Like he said, beautiful smile. That's like the first thing. Smile. If she has a good personality, I never really was big on the body. So like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So that's what we're thinking. So my, my family and I, we went to the State Fair as well, and a uh, very different experience, right, when you've got three kids with you, and so, you know, we're riding the ladybugs and stuff, and, uh, and we go through this, like, that warehouse thing where they, it's not the car show, but that area by Big Tex, if you've been there, you've been to Dallas, and uh, in there, they, like, sell hot tubs and, and mattresses. You guys have been in there? You probably don't even go in there, but, but we go in there because we're those people, and uh, and we're walking through, and there's this guy selling a Vitamix, a blender. Like, and so we, our, you know, our family, we get sucked into this guy. He's got the microphone on, and he's, he's just making the sale, talking about how amazing this blender is. And so I don't know if you have blenders or you're into like, you know, juicing celery or something, but this dude's just getting after it. And uh, it's an amazing blender. Right, like it, it weighs the stuff that you put inside. It tells you the recipe, and then it tells you if you're putting enough of it in there. And he's mixing it all up. And he's pulling some spinach and some kale and and some grapes. I'm like, man, I don't want anything to do with that. But he, as he adds, he adds some like ice and water, and it keeps telling you it will be green until you put just, or actually it's red, I'm sorry, it'll be red until you put just enough in and then it turns green and it says, okay, switch to the next ingredient. And he's just mixing it up. And as I was thinking about that with my family, as this guy's adding stuff in there, this is what I think guys do when it comes to trying to find the perfect woman. You know, they, they want these different ingredients, okay? Like, like, I want her to be really fun, okay? But, but not too much drama, Okay, I want her to love football, but not too much football, like not more than me, because that's weird. And I want, I want, you know, I want her to be like uh, really hot, you know, add the cayenne or whatever. I want her, you know, she needs to look like Gigi Hadid or Megan Fox, but but also serve like Mother Teresa. Okay, but and 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 so I want her to love to work out because I like to look at people who love to work out. And so you're kind of throwing that stuff in there, right? And this is, is what you're thinking. And you're trying to, to mix up the perfect woman. And it leaves you looking and wanting and searching. Because if I'm honest, as I've met with guys over the past decade, here's, what I, here's been my big takeaway of what you guys are looking for. You don't know what you're looking for. You don't really know what you're looking for. You're thinking, oh, you know, I'll just, I just, when I, when I find it, I'll have this feeling, this emotional response. That's what's going on. Like, it'll be, it'll be perfect. It'll be just the right mix of everything. So I have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, and everything is going to blend together perfectly, throw me into her life, and we're going to mix together perfectly. And that's just not how it works. And what it does is I see guys get into relationships 
and everything seems right, but then anxiety kicks in, fear kicks in, cold feet kicks in, all of these questions begin to consume them. They go, well, I don't know if she's the one or if we're going to make it work or if I should take that, you know, go further, take that step. And what if, what if I could help you tonight? What if I could give you from the scriptures the things to look for in a woman, just to keep it really simple. Hey, here's some things that you can look for in a woman. So this evening, we're talking about the fantasy girl as we move through this series called Fantasy, Finding Real Love in a Fake World. And the reason we say finding real love in a fake world is because that's the big felt need that everybody came in here with, everybody's listening with. You want to be loved. You want to experience love. You want to give love. But the problem is, is the world says, hey, this is how you do that. They have no idea what they're talking about. They're awful at it. They're really, really, really bad at it. And yet they're your teachers, be it social media, be it Tinder, be it movies, be it TV shows, be it airbrushed magazines. It's fake. And it leaves you not knowing what you're looking for. And you end up thinking about a wife like she's a smoothie with all the perfect ingredients in there. And you don't even know what ingredients you're looking for. I'll say it in a different way, kind of throw back to last week. You're looking for the wrong ingredients. And so what can we do about it? I, I, I want you to know I, I understand, like I empathize with you. When I was looking for a wife, I mean, here's the truth about where I was at, wasn't in a relationship with Jesus. Um, I was entrenched into an addiction to pornography and sex. I loved going to the strip clubs. And so what did I want in a wife? I wanted someone who looked like a porn star who I could tolerate. Like honestly, like I could just put up with her. And I think the reason I say that is I think that's a lot of you men. You came in here. You've been brainwashed by the same teacher I was. And it, you may not say it like I did, but subconsciously, that's what you want. You want someone who's hot by your standards and that you can tolerate. And that's going to lead to tragedy, disaster, despair, divorce, and a lot of hurt. And it, it may just leave you keep, you might just keep looking and looking and looking and looking. I want you to know, men, marriage is a good thing. Proverbs 18 verse 22 says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And so if you are here or you are listening and you are well and you want a wife, find one. Like find one. I want to help you. Like, we could do this before you go home tonight. Like, it, it, I'm telling you, we can make it super simple, all right? We'll just do some arranged marriages, mix it up. It's going to be awesome. But you got to start by knowing what you're looking for. And so I think the scripture is going to do this. So we're talking about the fantasy girl. And it's interesting because there's a scripture, an entire chapter of the Bible dedicated to the fantasy girl or the gold standard, if you will. Do you know what it was, what it is? Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31, woman. I've probably referenced Proverbs 31 50 times in the past 10 years, and I've never taught this text in the way that we're going to do it tonight, verse by verse, looking at it. And it's really an interesting text because you know who wrote it? So it says King Lemuel. King Lemuel, uh, there's a, some debate around this, but leading scholarship believes that there was no King Lemuel of Israel. We, see no, we don't see that in history, which should encourage you because the other kings we see in history, the history books show us who they were. We don't see this one. King Lemuel means devoted to God or the fruit of my vows. So people think that it's Solomon, talking about Solomon. But it says really who wrote it is actually King Lemuel's mom, which would be Bathsheba. And so this scripture would be have written by Bathsheba. And here's why. It's a loving mother, a wise mother, giving instruction to her kid of, hey, this is who I'm praying that you end up with. Proverbs 31, verse 10 through 31 is actually a, a poem. It's an acrostic. 
And so there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Every line starts with one of those letters. If it was written, if it was done in English, it would be like, you know, A is for Apple, B is for, and so that's an acrostic. As you go down, it's the first letter of every letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so this is a mother giving instruction to her children. Hey, this is what you look for. And here's the promises that it makes that if you find this woman, it says her husband is respected at the city gates where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Every man here, ladies, I'm going to give you some good advice here. Every man here wants to feel respected. He has a deep desire inside of him to feel respected. And specifically when he gets married, he wants to feel respected by his wife. This text says, Hey, you find the right woman and you're going to be respected not only by her, but all of the people of the land. It goes on to say the promise to the woman It says that her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. This is the words of her husband. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. And it says, and then the command to the guy, because this text was not written to women. This text, this is not the, hey, here's what you must be women. This is, hey, guys, here's what you should value. Here's what you should look for. And it ends with an instruction to the men. It says this, honor her uh, for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gates, which was not something that was done in Israel. And so this is extraordinary praise for an extraordinary woman. It is the gold standard. Ladies, can I tell you something? For the next few minutes, you're really going to have to fight something. Comparison. All right, so let's resolve your heart right now that you, you don't let it turn downward, that you don't grow discouraged because there's hope in this text. So hang in there with me as we move through this text that it would not beat you down. And so Proverbs 31, we're going to look at seven qualities. Yes, seven from this text. I, I've read commentaries that listed 31. I led, read commentaries that listed 10. I looked at here. I think we can, we can dumb it down to seven qualities to look for uh, as you're dating someone. What is dating? My friend Daniel Crawford next door, he gave me this definition. I love it. It says, assessing someone's suitability as a spouse. How do I assess someone's suitability as a spouse? This text, men, this text will help you do that. Verse 10, let's go. A wife of noble character who can find, she is worth far more than rubies. Uh, Where it says a wife of noble character, it could also be translated in the Hebrew, a capable wife. Okay, it's saying, hey, this thing, you have to seek her out. She is difficult to find, but if you find her, she's more valuable than rubies. Right off the bat, you have an application, and you have to find her, which means you have to look for her, which means you're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to get out there and search for her. She is not, while you're watching the Cowboys game, going to fall through the roof and land on your lap. That's not going to happen. All right, you have to seek this woman out. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And so it says right off the bat, what we're looking for, one of the qualities, you are looking for someone who is faithful. That's the first quality, faithful. You can write that down. She should be faithful. Now let's make that practical. What does that mean? It means she's trustworthy. It means that she does what she says she's going to do. You can ask yourself that question. What does she do? How do I know if she's faithful? Well, does she do what she says she's going to do? Does she use her words to build up? Does she gossip? Because that breaks trust. And you have to trust this woman. This is your life partner we're talking about. Like a marriage has to be built on trust. If there is no trust, there is no marriage. And so this woman should be known for her integrity. You know this is true if you've ever been in an untrustworthy relationship. It is miserable. I've been in one. You guys are nodding your head, getting whiplash back there, trying to watch. It is terrible, okay? Causes you so much pain. You feel trapped in a prison, but you can't get out, right? And so this is a big problem. It's really interesting. Fox News two weeks ago actually asked me to write a response Uh, an article uh, about this girl who made a list of 22 things that her boyfriend had to do. Did anybody see this? 
Okay. And so like here, here's, yeah, here's a picture of this, uh, this list. And so it's like, Hey, you are not to have single girls numbers. If I text you, you have to get back. You have to respond within 10 minutes. Um, uh, if I catch you with another girl, I will kill you. Okay. Wow. Um, she says, you can't hang out with these particular friends. All right. I'm looking at that. So I read it. They say, Hey, we want you to write a response to this. I'm, I'm reading. I'm like, man, my response is that that relationship is no longer intact. Okay. The way they found this list is this guy traded in his car and whoever got the car, the list was still in there. He posted it on the internet and said, Oh, this poor soul. And it went, <laughs> it went mega viral, like worldwide viral. And so they said, Hey, respond to this. And I said, listen, that, that marriage is doomed because there's no trust there. That's not healthy. You have to be able to trust each other. Now, listen, let me say this to you guys. Just because you don't trust her doesn't mean she's not trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> A little subtle rumble there. Mm, a lot of... Hey, just listen, during this message, let's not elbow each other, point, okay? Um, don't do that. Just because you don't trust her doesn't mean she's not trustworthy. It may be your issue. You may not be trustworthy. Trustworthy, untrustworthy people don't trust people. That's, that's a fact. Untrustworthy people don't trust people because they're afraid that someone's going to do to them what they're already doing behind their back. And so I'm talking about if you have evidence or, or proof that, hey, she is not trustworthy or she is not faithful. And so if she's faithful, how does she care for her home? Verse 13, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. Flax is, a, is a uh, used to make a really fine linen. And when it says she's eager to use her hands, what it's actually saying is she enjoys it. Like she finds joy out of doing these things. In context, it says uh, she, is the, she is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar, which is such a beautiful text because what it's saying is she's like the people, uh, people who are around her are like the people standing at the docks. And when food comes in from all of these lands, it's exciting things. It's things they've never seen. It's saying that when you sit down to a meal, that she's made. It, you don't know what it is. You don't know what to expect. It could be anything. She's not serving you hamburger helper. Like she's coming up with, with creative things, which I, I just love that that's in the text. It says she gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. What this text is saying is she's able to assess the needs of her family. And so my second quality to look for is, is she attentive to the needs of her home? attentive to the needs of her home. This is something that you're going to want in someone that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. What does that mean? Practically speaking, it's talking about her caring for her family. Does she love children? You're like, well, how do I know if she loves children? Well, she, she wants to be around them. You know, hey, I'm going to babysit. I'm going to keep so-and-so. You know, oh, I just love their kids. You know, love, love when they're around. The, the, why is that important? Well, because a huge part of marriage is raising children. And what I've seen in the generations that are my generation and the generation behind me, Gen Z, is we get self-absorbed and selfish and we start to think, you know, I don't, kids kind of get in the way. I mean, I do weddings sometimes where we're talking with people and they're like, well, you know, yeah, we're going to travel the world and then we'll have kids. I'm like, what I would tell you is travel the world now because marriage is about family. And what God's view of kids is, is he says, they're a blessing from the Lord. Have lots of them. That's what the Lord says. And so if you don't view kids as a blessing, you don't view children like God does. And you should consider that. Now, listen, if you can't have kids, that's not a disqualifier at all. You, you can adopt. You can decide. I've got a friend in ministry that, that he and his wife, they never had children, but they have poured their life into millions, literally millions of kids. That's a life well lived. And so what does it look like to love children? This woman has skills, you know, to make a house a home. Homemaker is such like it has negative connotation today. I reject that because I think God's word rejects that. It is a compliment. It is a gift. And, and so here's the encouragement to you, ladies, is if you're like out there and you're like, yeah, but that's not me. 
You know, it's like, this is a great time to work on those skills. It's not a non-negotiable for you, I'll just say. Like, my wife, she doesn't love to cook. It's, it, she has a ton of gifts, like a long list of gifts. Cooking's not, like, on the first couple pages. Um, <laughs> And so we eat out a lot, and that's okay. I like to eat out, and so we've got a budget. We stick to it. It works. We've got a great marriage. And so I'm not, don't, don't be discouraged if that's not you, but this is something that is straight from this proverb, and so I'm, I'm putting it before you. And so right now, there's some women in the room. They're like, oh, but, you know, he's against, you know, working outside the home and, you know, this and that. No, not at all. No, this woman works outside the home. This, this text goes out of its way to show that this woman works outside the home. She works outside the home. She works inside the home. She does a lot of work. That's this woman, Proverbs 31 here. But let me show you that she works outside the home. It's 16. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. And so, men, what you were looking for, a woman with big arms, okay? That's going to be important. <laughs> she... She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle for her fingers. The distaff is something uh, for, for sewing or knitting. And then also in verse 24, it says, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. This lady is getting after it. She has jobs upon jobs outside the home. Okay, that's the truth. And so my, my third quality that you're looking for, that you would consider, is that she's not lazy. That she's not lazy. She's going to have to do a lot of work. I mean, here's why. Because being married to you is a lot of work. <laughs> and I know from experience, being married to me is a lot of work, okay? A lot of work. And so it, it's, listen... Marriage is hard. You guys, you guys ever heard that marriage is hard? You ever heard that? Anybody sick of hearing that? I'm so sick of hearing how marriage, how hard it is. Let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth. Life is hard. That's the truth. Men, let me talk to you for a minute. Men, life is hard. That's why you need a helper. That's what the scripture calls a wife, a helper. Can I tell you something before you get offended and walk out? It's what the scripture calls the Holy Spirit. God. A helper. And, and do you know why you need a helper, men? Because we need help. <laughs> That's simple, right? We're just some dudes that need some help. And so God in his kindness is like, hey, let me help you. I will not only give you my Holy Spirit to help you, but I will create a, an amazing, beautiful creature that is, is incredible in the way that he's wired her to come alongside you. And so, you know, it's going to be important that, that she is not lazy because the job before you, and it's not just marriage, it's life, is hard. Like, I've got a hard job. You know, I love my job. I love where I work. I love who I work with. But I, I write a term paper every week. Um, I, I listen to, in the form of a sermon. I, I listen to people's problems every day. You know, there's, there's some difficulties to it. Let me tell you something. I wouldn't trade my wife for her job, not for one second. I am, I am not one of those dudes like, my job's harder than hers. No, her job is so much harder than mine. It's so much harder than mine. And so as you think about marriage, you need to know what the job is in order to find the person that you're going to partner with. Okay, like, let me just tell you, because I, I know you're thinking, well, you know, I, I just want someone who's fun and hot. I, I was, this actually comes uh, from the book, if you've read it. And, and so uh, when I was in high school, I had this huge crush with this girl in my class. We'll call her Kelly. Uh, it's a made up name. And, uh, and we, were, we were being partnered up, guys and girls being partnered up. And so I'm sitting there and the teacher's going around and I'm like, please, please put me with Kelly. Please. I'm like, I don't even believe in God, but I'm like, God, please put me with Kelly. And, um, and at the time, and I believe in God now, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> big, big fan of God. And, um, and so she's going around and she's like, okay, we'll do Jeff and Elizabeth. All right, we're going to do John and Jennifer. And then she's like, all right, we'll do Jonathan. And I'm like, please, please, Jesus, please. And Kelly, I'm like, yes. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and because I was attracted to Kelly, she was attractive. And, and, um, 
And the assignment was, I just didn't consider what the assignment was. The assignment was we were going to dissect frogs. And, and Kelly was cute, but she hated frogs, especially the dead kind. And, and um, she didn't want to touch them at all. And that was challenging because I wasn't very good at biology. And I was really hoping that she was going to be smart. And, you know, and so now we are in uh, this partnership and she's not very good at the assignment. And that describes more than half of the marriages I see. I, I just chose someone. I didn't consider what the assignment was, right? I just were hoping they would be good at sex, not the 99.4% of all the other stuff we talked about last week. The, the sex, if you have a lot of it, a lot of it is 0.6% of the time. What about the 99.4% of all the other stuff? You want to make sure that you both are, are good at that. It's interesting. Like We make so much decisions. I'm talking to you guys. So much decisions around sex. I, I just think that's true in dating. And, and a big driver for that is like, I want her to be attractive. Is, is sex better with attractive people? Don't answer out loud. I mean, just, <laughs> just think about it. I'm just going to let you think about it. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Another quality, my fourth quality that marks this woman is that she's tender to the needs of others. Keep in mind, this is the gold standard. All right. These are not all non-negotiables. These are good ideas if they're there. This is what a mother prayed for her son. She's tender to the needs of others. And so is she tender to the needs of JP? How would I know? I don't, does she text encouraging things to people when they need it? Does she lift their spirits? Is she writing notes? Is she, is she thinking about the needs of others around her? Does, does she desire to give? Is she serving, right? This is so big. Is she serving? That's like half the battle. Is she involved in a church and serving there, giving of her time there? This is huge. It comes from Genesis chapter 24. Here's what's going on. Abraham, you guys heard of Abraham? Abraham is looking for a wife for his son, Isaac. And so what he does, and we can learn a lot from this, he gets his servant, Eleazar, and he says, hey, I want you to go and find my son a wife, right? Now, this is crazy that, uh, that Eleazar can find Isaac a wife when they haven't met or anything because he knows what he's looking for. That's the difference between us and them. See, in Bible times, you literally, just, you literally could just leave the house with a list. You could go up to somebody like, check, 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 I do. You know, I mean, you could do that then, right? And we, we've complicated things since then. And so Eleazar leaves and he's looking and he's like, so where does he go? He goes where servants hang out. He goes to the well. And he prays, he says, Lord, would you send someone to me who is a servant who would not only give me water, but also water my camels. Now, a well in those times, it was like a flights of stairs that went into the ground. It was hard work to fill up buckets of water and, and then walk, you know, those, those stories of stairs. And then Rebecca comes up and says, here's some water and let me go and also get some for your camels. And so he's looking for someone who serves. He goes to where servants go and he chooses someone who served. This is such a novel idea. And, and then they get married. And it was that simple. Why is it not that simple anymore? Got to have chemistry, JP. Chemistry. So important. My bride, uh, she has this in spades. Um, super sensitive to the needs of others. Like she goes, she comes into a room and she is, it's like her superpower, okay? She's a kindergartner teacher, a kindergarten teacher, and she... Um, she just like walks into a room and she finds the most vulnerable person and just moves to them. It's like a magic trick she does. Like whether it's a baby or an elderly person or someone who had a bad day, I mean, she can just smell it from across the room and move to them and just love on them and encourage them like crazy. I mean, she is nurturer through and through. And so we, you know, we, our marriage faced a really big challenge this year. I mean, probably one of the biggest challenges in 14 years of marriage. Um, we got a puppy and... And so just, I, I, 
I thought, you know, we're going to let the puppy inside and it's going to be all good. And I didn't consider how nurturing she is. And she, you know, she likes to to put ice in the bowl and make sure the water's, you know, of a good temperature and that it's comfortable and that the TV's on when we're not there. So they're entertained. And, and I'm, that's all lost on me. I'm like, we're not doing any of that. You know, we're not, no. Okay, fine. And, and so, you know, and I'm, if I'm honest with you, if I'm just putting it all out there, I'm jealous of the dog. I'm like, stop showing her so much attention. You know, I'm over here, you know, and And I know that I need a little bit more of that in my life. Like, I think Christ would walk into a room, I know he would, in fact, and be finely in tune with the greatest needs and, and move to the person who is most vulnerable. And so, you know, are they tender to the needs of others? Um, they tend to the needs of others. Are they tender to the needs of others? It goes on to say, verse 21, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. I want to focus on the clothed in scarlet, and she's clothed in fine linen and purple, and she makes coverings for her bed. And so this is kind of a strange one, but if I, I, just, I see it clearly in the text. And so number five, esthete. Okay, anybody heard of this word, esthete? I hadn't either. Uh, is, is she esthete? Here's what it means. It's where we get the word aesthetics. Does she care about making things pretty? And you're like, really? That's like on the list of non Dude, it's from Proverbs 31, all right? You argue with the scripture. But, but here's why I think the Holy Spirit preserved this text for thousands of years so that we can read it and apply it to our lives today. It's because... If I'm honest, like as I just think through the, 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 the sexes and the genders and the roles that we play, you know, a lot of guys don't care if things are pretty. And God's like, I like things to be pretty. I'm a creator. And so if you're going to have a home, I want things to be pretty. Guys are kind of like function or, or form over, I'm sorry, function over form. Like we just want things to work, right? And we don't care if they're pretty. And girls are like, no, I want it to work and I want it to look good. Right. And, and so you you make your home pretty. And so, you, you know, that if you think I'm lying, right, like, you know, that you went to some guy's apartment and and you had to go to the bathroom and you went somewhere else. You're like, I am not going in there. It is a biological experiment in there. And I'm not I'm not setting foot in his bed. He's growing mold in there. Right. And that's just what some guys do. And I'm telling you, these aren't non-negotiables. And so Monica and I had the opportunity to build a house. And, um, you know, people will walk in and say, oh, is that Monica? Oh, did she do? And, and I'm like, nope, that was me. And so I, I tend to be the one in the relationship that cares more about this. And so that's okay. Like, if that's where you're at, you're, you're, you're finding balance. You know how God made you, how God wired you up. And you're, you're looking for someone to complement that. And so that's all right. Again, these aren't non-negotiables. Not, not all of them anyways. And so it says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Another quality is she's sensible in preparation. That's number six. She is sensible in preparation. Sensible means chosen in accordance with wisdom. She, she makes choices according to the knowledge that she has. It says that she speaks with wisdom. She's clothed in strength and dignity. And it says that she can laugh at the days to come because she's prepared. So as she looks at the challenges that they're facing, she has a plan for that. She's prepared for that. And she watches over the affairs of her household. She is not idle. She shows care for the future. This also comes from verse 18 where it says, her lamp does not go out at night. Like the virgins who, who stopped preparing and they let their lamps go out in the New Testament, that, that phrase in the Hebrew, lamps do not go out at night, means she's prepared. She has a plan. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that, that she's OCD. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, she's super high strung, like constantly planning. I'm just saying that she's not given to, you know, manis and petties and happy hours and, and spray tanning over actually getting ready for what she, she needs to be getting ready for. 
like being aware of what is coming at her. And this preparedness, it leads to confidence. It says she laughs at the days to come. And so on our kitchen table, you walk into my house at any given time, and right there on the kitchen table is, is, is my wife's chair. And on her chair is her purse, and in the chair is her Bible study bag, which is like books and books. And then and on the table is an old school calendar that she buys every January from Barnes and Noble. And, and she, at night, we put the kids down and she sits down in that chair and she just goes to work, man. She's got colored markers. She's got a marker for every color of her thoughts, you know, and, and just like writing down on Tuesday. Tuesday, you're going where? You're traveling, okay, and you're speaking, okay. And then, and then Thursday, what are we doing? And this weekend, we got soccer games and this. And she just, you know, marking stuff up, grabbing the yellow and the red and the green. And, and she just does it every night. I'm so glad she does because I'm awful at that. And so here in, in Dallas, it's been raining since 2012. And so, and so we've like rescheduled all of the soccer games, the kids' soccer games. Basically, we have to play a whole season of soccer games in, in two weeks. That's a true story. And so that's just meant, that's changed everything. So the sun came out and so did soccer games. And so she's just writing, okay, we can't do that. We got a soccer game, soccer game, soccer game. And it's like playing Tetris, moving this stuff around, but she's great at it. And it's, it's so helpful. And so I'm not saying that your wife can't be spontaneous. I'm not saying she can't be artsy and fun. But I, I am saying that what this mama prayed for her son is that he would find someone who's sensible in preparation. And then it says, verse 30, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. My daughters say this verse every day to me before they get out of, uh, of the car for school. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I love what the author is doing here. They juxtapose chemistry with the fear of God. And, and so you say, what does the Bible value? And I would say the Bible values the fear of God infinitely times more than chemistry. That's the truth. And I use infinitely more. That's not even, I'm not even over speaking. Like I could say a hundred times more, a thousand times more, infinitely times more. The Bible values the wisdom of God and the Holy Spirit values the fear of God over chemistry. And so my seventh quality is she yielded to God. Ladies, I want you to be encouraged because this is really the only one that's a non-negotiable. Yeah, the other ones are, they're nice to have. Um, they, they may help you be prepared. But as I said last week, what if it's as simple as finding the most godly person you can, being the most godly person you can and finding the most godly person you can and marrying them? What if it's that simple? What if we've complicated things? And so number seven, they have to be yielded to God. Here's what that means is there's people listening right now here in Dallas and Fort Worth, El Paso, Tulsa, and driving in their car, streaming on the internet, sitting in their apartment, and you don't even know God. And you're not dateable. You're not marriage material. Um, followers of Jesus should run from you as fast as they can unless they're seeking to share the gospel with you. And even in that, I'd encourage you to find someone of the same sex. And so what you need to do, the good news is it's, it's, it's very simple. What you need to hear is that Jesus Christ, that God loves you so much, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die for your sins, to pay the price for your sins so that you don't have to go to hell and pay the price for your sins. Your sins have been paid for on the cross and that God, to show his infinite power, he raised his son Jesus from the dead. It really happened. That's how he became the single most notorious character in the history of history. He rose from the dead. Paul says there's 500 people who saw him. They're still alive. Go ask them, he writes to the Corinthians. And when we trust in him that he died for our sins, God raised him from the dead, his Holy Spirit comes in our lives. And here's the other good news, ladies. What that Holy Spirit does is it makes you godly. So if you're sitting out there and you're like, man, I'm just not there. I'm not perfect. You don't need to be perfect. You have a Savior who's perfect. And his Holy Spirit is working inside of you to one day complete you 
so that you would be perfect before Christ. Until then, you live in an imperfect world and you don't need to be perfect. Guys, I'm talking to you now. Gentlemen, I'm talking to you. You're not looking for perfect. You're looking for practical. You're not looking for someone who's perfectly made for you because she doesn't exist because you are so messed up. You're looking for someone who practically compliments you so that you can marry and serve God together. They love God. You love God. You come together. You love God together and you raise children to love God. You, you have them, you adopt them, you disciple them however you can. This is God's plan for the world. At some point, we moved away from it. When did we move away from it? When did our selfishness infiltrate this plan? Are we more happy? No. Are we happier? No. Are we more depressed? Yes. Are we despairing more? Yes. Are we, our suicide rates at an all-time high? Yes, they are. What if we just went back to the basics? What if we just started to learn from the creator? We went back to his design and we said, okay, I'm going to scrub out all the trash that Hollywood taught me and I'm just going to go back to this. My, my, listen, my wife and I, we weren't following Christ when we met. We were idiots. I was a bigger idiot than she was. But both of us were not following Christ. And around the same time, God in his mercy introduced us to him, introduced us to him through his son, Jesus Christ. And our lives began to radically change. And marriage was not an option for us until then. You know what our relationship looked like before then? We would get together. We'd break up. We'd get together. We'd break up. I love you. I hate you. You walk home. I never want to see you again. You did what? With who, when, where, why? Talking to me. And then God came into our lives and began to sanctify us. That is making him like, uh, making us like him. And as we began to pursue him together, he did a work in our relationships. And this work is available to you. Men, you're not looking for the perfect. You're looking for practical. Chemistry. Biblically speaking, how, is, how important is chemistry? It's not. Some of you, you haven't experienced chemistry, men, because you've experienced chemistry with thousands of two-dimensional images on your iPhone for the past six years or 16 years. And so chemistry long-term is not available to you. You need to get well, gentlemen. You need to heal. You need to return to the gospel. But if you are well and you desire marriage, it is available to you. There are godly women all around you right now. Just because she's here doesn't mean she's godly, but I know there are godly women all around you sitting in front of you and beside you and behind you. Take notice. And so I get it all the time. Let me just address this. So it's like, what if I'm not attracted to her? What if I'm not attracted to her? A friend, a friend told me last week, lovingly, just said, you know, I feel like you're saying, like, if I'm dating someone who's godly, like, they're really godly, they have a, a God-fearing heart, but I'm just not feeling it and I break up, I feel like you're saying something's wrong with me. And so here's how I responded to that. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's something wrong with you. It's called sin. It's wrong with all of us. And we're not attracted to yet the things that God's attracted to. In 1 Samuel 16, he says, I do not look at the outer appearance. I look at the heart. I'm attracted to the heart. And so you say, well, what do I do? Am I just supposed to marry them? No, absolutely not. No, no, you break up and you work on you. And you, you go and you say, God, why am I not attracted to the things that you're attracted to? Would you grow me spiritually to the point where I would be attracted to the things that you're attracted to? What, what role does chemistry or attraction play in an arranged marriage, which is our example in biblical times? I know it's not much today anymore, but in biblical times, Eleazar, you know, Isaac had never seen Rebecca. He didn't have a choice whether he was physically attracted to her or not. He just entrusted that huge decision to someone else because that someone knew what they were looking for. Gentlemen, you've got to know what you're looking for. It says in verse 31, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. 
honor her. To love and to cherish, we say at a wedding, honor her. Okay, what if I'm not attracted? You have to. You ready, gentlemen? There's the answer to that question. You have to be able to cherish her. If you can't cherish her, don't waste her time for two seconds. But for the rest of your life, you have to be able to choose to cherish her because there will be times when she's not attractive to you. There will be times where you don't find her attractive. That's the truth. She's not going to find you attractive either on days, seasons, months at a time. That's going to happen. But you have to choose to cherish her in those moments. In fact, there was, there's a, a, a ballet uh, guy, are they called ballerinas too? They are? You sure? Okay, because it's going on the podcast and I don't want, it's like forever on there. Okay, ball, dude ballerina, that's what they're called. And, and he said, he just said, hey, ballet is about the woman. And he said, my job as, as her partner is to highlight her. He said, to make the beautiful more beautiful. And he said, she's amazing on her own, but with me, she can fly higher. And people come to see her display the, the art and the beauty. And when I say cherish, men, that's what I'm talking about. That you would get with that woman and that you would highlight her beauty. Because you know who's beautiful? A woman who is well-loved is beautiful. When someone is loved well, they become more beautiful and more beautiful and more beautiful. George Strait was right. He said, you look so good in love. And that was George Strait, right? Okay, good. I thought it was ludicrous. But um, he's a fantasy guy. Uh, Anyways, here's the reality. You show me a woman who's been loved well, and I will show you someone who's beautiful. And so if you want to be married to someone who's hot, gentlemen, You marry someone and you love them like crazy. You cherish them. That's the truth. That's the reality. I've seen a lot of beautiful women jump into marriages and fade like flowers. Cut from their source. Because they didn't marry cherishing husbands. And so what's not in this list, right? Age isn't in this list. She's, you know, that doesn't value. If she's older than you, she may be an amazing wife. It doesn't say, is she a virgin? It doesn't say, does she have kids? There's some amazing women here who have children that would be incredible wives to you. Can she have kids? That's not, that's not on the list. Is she a good kisser? It's dumb. I know. You can laugh because it's stupid. Does she come from a good family? What does she look like? None of this stuff's on there. Are you asking the right questions? I I know you think through the lens of sex. I I get it because I'm a dude too. let Let me say something crazy. If if she has all of these things, but y'all can't even have sex, you can't experience intimacy. Your marriage is going to be better than if she has none of these things, but she's amazing in bed. Get your head around that. That's true. You say, well, how do you know? Because I talk to a lot of people. They'll talk to pastors about anything. In summary, is she faithful? Is she attentive to the needs of her home? Is she not lazy? Is she tender to the needs of others? Is she esthete? Is she sensible in preparations? And is she yielded to God? fantasy girl that last one that's the most important one 
you get that last one. That's the non-negotiable. There's other things. Those are good. Now, you take them you get a little more, a little less. You're mixing up the smoothie. Give me more of that, a little less of that. Those things, you, you know, they, you, know, you want her to be faithful, right? They're not all created equal, okay? You, you might be able to get by with her not being esthete, right? But, but she needs to be yielded to God. And men, to find someone yielded to God, you need to be yielded to God, right? And that's the truth. It's, it's funny, we just think about this all wrong. That guy was making that smoothie up there. I'm like, dude, I don't want anything to do with that, right? I'm, I'm out on that. He mixes it up and he, he pours me a little Dixie cup and hands them out to my kids and to me. And, and I'm like, I don't even want it. I'm like with my nine-year-old. She's like, I'm not drinking that. I'm like, I'm not either. I'm with you. And, <laughs> and the guy's like, no, just taste it. And I tried it. I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. When, when did you sneak in like a pound of sugar or something? Like what? It was incredible. Like all I saw you put in there was stuff that's good for me. I didn't, and that's like you want her to be fun and attractive. But if you go after the things that are good for marriage, the fun and the attractive is going to come. It might surprise you. But if you go after the fun and attractive and chemistry as the top priority and you leave out those other things, it's going to mess you up. Your marriage is going to die before it started. And if you don't believe me, look behind you. Not literally behind you. I mean, like, like, look at your past dating life and what you valued and how did that work out? Guys, would you just consider if I'm right? Don't even, don't even stoop to consider if I'm right. Would you consider if he's right? God loves you. He knows he wants something from you. I'm not just saying, like, don't just hear me say, hey, suck it up and eat your vegetables. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, hey, you start your list with what God values. If you do that, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay, guys. I know you're confused. I know you've believed lies. But guys, if you're well and you want to get married, I can help you. I'd love to help you. Let me pray. Father, thank you for just loving us enough to even care about these little things. Who we would partner with. God, as we consider the ingredients that we would seek out, would you just help us in our foolishness to love what you love, to long for what you long for, to seek what you seek out in us. Really the things that you create in us, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit. You're the king of hearts. You direct them wherever you please. And so, Lord, would you be the king of our hearts? And would you direct them to someone whose heart you already have and help us to live out your will? In Jesus' name. Amen.